Good morning. <clears throat> Let's pray. Father, thank you for this beautiful morning that you given us and allowed us to get together in such a way to worship you and to hear more about you and to um, thank you for this opportunity I have to share this morning. Pray that you would bless each one here, fill us with your Holy Spirit, and may your Spirit guide us this morning. In Jesus' name. <clears throat> So a question I have for you this morning, I have several questions, um, just think about it, you don't have to raise your hand, but how likely are you to talk to someone about God, um, whether it is to your family or to strangers, people you meet in the store or at work, um, whoever it might be, how likely are you to just talk about God, talk about um, what he's done for you, or what he's doing for you, or who he is, or do you know the Lord? Um, how likely are we to talk to them about Jesus? The same way, like, do you know who Jesus is? The third one I have is, how likely are we to talk to them about the Holy Spirit? Who the Holy Spirit is? How likely are we to share with them what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives? Um, I think that one has been a lot of times forgotten. Um, a book I've been reading, I shared two Sundays ago, I shared a little bit about this, so I might be repeating myself some, but I don't care. I need to hear it more than once, and uh, I'll be talking to myself a lot this morning, so... Um, Hopefully you can benefit from it as well. But I've been reading a book from, written by Francis Chan. Um, the title of it is Forgotten God. And he talks about reversing our tragic neglect of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I've been really blessed with that book, challenged. Um, I think I'll cover again a little bit what I did last time. The... We serve one God, but we have three persons as our God. And it's, I've always hated that question when somebody, when I'd be witnessing somebody's like, so what's this you call the Trinity? Like, what's, how does that work? You have three gods. I still don't understand it fully, and I don't think we will here on this earth. But <laughs> we try to use an egg or the sun or something to... You know, you have different layers of the egg. It's one, but it's different. We try to describe it, but it really does a very, very poor job of describing our God. And uh, I, in here, he covered it a little bit better in a way. I don't know. It just all of a sudden clicked for me. It's like, <laughs> I'll try not to sound like a heathen saying it wrong, but it's, it's, we really do have kind of like three gods. There's three persons. But they are so united. It's a unity that we have not experienced as humans, that they are one. 
It is one God. They never contradict each other. There's no object, no person, nothing in this world that we have seen or experienced that is two, but yet it never contradicts, isn't different in any way. It's always like the other, but it's still not the same. Like It's just beyond what we can grasp. So I say all that just to bring the importance of the Holy Spirit into the picture. We tend to talk about God and Jesus, and yes, that's great. Um, but the Holy Spirit plays a very, very important role in our Christian life, and I'm not going to get very far and, and explain that. But one aspect that I was um, thinking and pondering a lot about um, discussing it with Joe and Tina. We were at their house the other day, and there's another book that I'd like to read. I think it's Watchman Nee, about releasing the spirit. Um, sounds very interesting. Sounds like it probably talks a lot about what I'm going to share a little bit this morning. Um, yeah, another question. Do we really believe that the Holy Spirit is as important as Jesus and God? Do we think that we could Holy Spirit's great. If you have him in your life, great, brother. But for me, God and Jesus is enough. Jesus has done what I need. I'm just going to do my thing. Jesus is my Savior, my personal Lord and Savior. I have Jesus in my heart. You know? I hear all those phrases. What about the Holy Spirit? What does that mean? Um, By the way, I'd love to see the verse if there is one about having Jesus in our hearts. But we are supposed to be in him, and he in us. Yes, the Spirit of God dwells in us. Yes, he is in our heart. I think that's where it comes from. But we get carried away with that and forget about us being in him as well. There's, God has called us into that unity as well. And uh, I think as we pursue that, we can experience that more and more. Um, Do we believe that the Holy Spirit dwells in every Christian? I think we need to change our mindset a little bit. Um, I think it's great to pray regularly, Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Lord, we need your Holy Spirit. Um, But it also has brought more, or is just within... Very recently, just as I've been thinking about this, and the Lord's been showing this to me, it brings a lot of security and peace to know that the Spirit of God dwells in us. Even when we mess up, He's still in us. Romans 8, verse 9 I'd like for you to see this in your own Bibles if you have it this morning. Romans 8, verse 9. I'm going to back up to verse 8. Romans 8, verse 8. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but ye are not in the flesh. But in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. 
Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So if you're here this morning, you're like, I'm born again, but I don't think I have the Holy Spirit in me. That's not true. It's one or the other. Um, it's very clear here. So, do you, do we, do I allow him to manifest, to show forth in our lives, to manifest himself? Um, do other people see Jesus in us? Is the Holy Spirit shining forth? And they see the Holy Spirit, they see Jesus, they see God. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen God. You're one. I'd like to illustrate it with a little diagram. Um, I don't know how correct it is theologically, but I think it, I don't really care. It just has, I'm a visual person, I love seeing stuff, and so I'm just going to show what I've been thinking. So this represents us, our flesh. So we have that mass. Then we have, we are Christians, so we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Alright? But people out here don't see the Holy Spirit because they see us, right? And uh, situations come up, somebody asks us to do them a favor. Um, for me, I've been doing a lot of favors recently in the house for my wife. Quite honestly, sometimes I just don't feel like doing it. I like I'm sitting here, I'm drinking my tea, I'm drinking, reading my book. You know, it's I've just changed Josiah like ten minutes ago. It feels like I had to do it again. I just being honest. I there's times I sit there and I struggle with it, and I'm like, what's the bi-? after what? It's like what's the big deal? It's just go do it. Like, but if I choose to sit there for another ten minutes. I'm like, he's fine. Let him deal with that. I'll get to it eventually. This outer wall is getting thicker. Okay? And as we make decisions like that, that outer wall keeps getting thicker. And, it, and we're suppressing the Holy Spirit. We're quenching the Spirit. think we'll get to that verse sometime. It talks about quenching the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> when we choose to be like, you know what? I don't care if I don't feel like it. I'm going to show them Jesus. I'm going to let my light shine forth. I'm going to bless that person. We start taking away from that wall. So, picture with me. The Holy Spirit is in here. Holy Spirit does what he can to draw people into himself, draw people into God, draw believers closer to God. So the Holy Spirit's doing his job, right? So he's shining out, you know? You have him shining out as far as he can. As we make choices that as we allow God to break us, as we deny ourselves and to take up our cross and follow God, 
we start disappearing, dying. Sounds familiar too. Um, reckon yourselves dead unto Christ, right? So, as, the, as it breaks out, the Holy Spirit starts shining out. And he comes through. Take that out. The Holy Spirit's shining out. And the more we do that, the more and more Jesus shines forth and they see Jesus in us, right? I look forward to the day and that'll be all gone. But I highly doubt it'll be on this earth. But let's strive for it. Let the Holy Spirit shine forth. By the power of the Spirit, we put to death the misdeeds of the body. The Spirit sets us free from the sins we cannot get rid of on our own. This is a lifelong process we enter into, in partnership with the Spirit, when we first believed. So when we first believed, the Holy Spirit comes in us, and we enter into this lifelong process of erasing the outer circle and letting Jesus shine forth, letting the Holy Spirit draw people unto God. As the outer circle disappears, what do people see? Less and less of us and more and more of God. And that's what we want. We want God to we want other people to see God in us, right? So it's Romans 8 2, same chapter we were just in. For by for the power of light of the life-giving Spirit has freed you through Christ Jesus from the power of sin that leads to death. Okay, King James Version. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Right. So, very familiar verse. But let's take that to heart. Holy Spirit has freed us from that law. We don't have to. Live unto that anymore. It doesn't matter what you feel like. It's living to God. I'm going to read from Ephesians 4 17 to 31. I'm going to read from a little different translation, but you're welcome to follow along if you like. With the Lord's authority, let me say this. Live no longer as the ungodly do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their closed minds are full of darkness. They are far away from the life of God because they have shut their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. They don't care anymore about right and wrong, and they have given themselves over to immoral ways. Their lives are filled with all kinds of impurity and greed. So we're saying they. We're not talking about us. We're saying they. If you are part of they, I invite you to become part of us. But we are talking about the Christians, those that have believed in Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is dwelling inside of you. We're talking about us. 
currently we're talking about them, all right? But that isn't what you were taught. Now we're talking about the Christians. When you learned about Christ, since you have heard all about him and have learned the truth that is in Jesus, throw off your old evil nature and your former way of life, which is rotten through and through, full of lust and deception. We're talking about the outer circle. It's rotten. It's full of junk. We don't want it. Let's get rid of it. Break it down a little bit a little bit. Instead, there must be a spiritual renewal of your thoughts and attitudes. You must display a new nature because you are a new person, created in God's likeness, righteousness, holy, and true. So put away all falsehood and tell your neighbor the truth because we belong to each other. And don't sin by letting anger gain control over you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a mighty foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, stop stealing. Begin using your hands for honest work. And then give generously to others in need. I find it interesting. He's talking about the Christians and he brings some of these things in. Being a thief. Angry, giving in to anger, letting anger control your life. Being honest, so apparently, there's, you know, apparently Christians can lie. But he's saying, put those things away, continue. We're not perfect, I think we'd all agree, we aren't perfect, right? So continue taking that stuff away. Don't become discouraged when you see an outburst of anger in yourself and you're like, I just got angry, I must not be born again, or I slipped and fell, I goofed up a little bit, you know? Repent and move on and continue to take away the outer layer and let the Holy Spirit shine forth. Give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He is the one who has identified you as His own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of malicious behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Become more and more like Him. <clears throat> the verse 30 that we read in the King James is, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let's don't grieve the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters. There are many, many examples of what the Holy Spirit does, what His role is in our lives. Um, another one is the Spirit helps us speak when we are in precarious situations and need to bear witness. Mark thirteen eleven and Luke twelve twelve. It talks about 
Think not. Don't ponder what you're going to say when you're called before the judge, before the kings of the land, because the Holy Spirit is going to give you the words that you need when you stand before them. Um, in Acts 1.8, it talks about the power. To, the Holy Spirit gives us power to talk about God, about Jesus. So when we need to talk, when we have opportunities, we need to, when we have opportunities to talk about God and Jesus, about salvation, we need the Holy Spirit to speak through us in those times. Because the Holy Spirit is the one that draws men unto God, sinners unto God, and draws us believers closer to God. God bless you.